the the First of all, I, I feel like it's good for me to not think about myself as just a collage artist, but maybe a photographer or this week I'm a photographer. I'm taking my own photos. I'm printing them out. I'm cutting them up. I'm making a composition. Next week, I'm a sculptor. I'm taking pieces of metal. I'm welding them together. I'm painting them. The next week I'm doing collages. And so for me, a lot of times the collages are sketches um, because they're so immediate, they're so quick and you can do so many of them that I've started to think that th these are sketches. I've been making these sketches for 10 years and now something else is happening from that. The sculptures are coming out, murals, large photographs. And so when I start to think about the collages not being so valuable and so precious to me and I let them go and I let them just be some you know sketches or ideas, then I allow myself to really transform my collages into something else, something bigger than me. And so in that way, it, it allows me to push the boundaries of what collage is for myself. I'm working with a, a bigger gallery now in Denver, Colorado called K Contemporary. And my gallerist, Doug, he's really been pushing me to dream big to make the biggest collages I've ever made. And so for the last couple of years, I've been kind of focusing on how big can I make these collages? And there's a lot of different ways you can do that. You know, you can cut up all these magazines and put them all together and make a large collage, or you can use a scanner or a camera and photograph parts of magazines and print those out and cut them up. So I feel like there's, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And I just really try not to give myself too many rules when it comes to the process of how I get there because I'm not afraid to fail. Some of these sculptures I'm making, they're at these very early stages and I'm not sure if they're too interesting or not, but it's kind of an entry point into the next chapter. So I really have to remind myself, do not be afraid to fail and fall flat on your face because... That's how you learn. That's how you grow. That's how you work can change into something else. So as long as I keep that mindset for the work I'm creating, um, I feel like I'll be able to keep challenging what collage is. Hello, I'm... Yeah. And this is the Weird Show Broadcast, a podcast about art, Context, appropriation, paper, artists, ideas, places, sounds, people, stuff, and sometimes collage. Episode number six, The Endless Reinvention of Mario Suits. Based in Denver, Colorado, Mario Suits is an artist that has been working with collage in its various forms for over a decade. His work is bold and extremely personal. But what we like the most about Mario is his relentless exploration of collage as a medium. While some artists work hard to find a trademark style that they can repeat endlessly, Mario goes just the opposite way. His work is always evolving and looking for new ways to represent his ideas, thoughts and histories. Mario is not afraid of trying new things and shifting his focus to new materials, techniques or conceptual approaches. It seems that the only things he fears is repetition. 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 This week we're talking with Mario to learn more about his ideas and work. So I'll leave you with him 
that has a much better voice than mine. southern part of Colorado, which is just north of New Mexico. And so they're from this this place called the San Luis Valley. And so they were part of agriculture, all these farmers, and it was this mixture of like Spanish and Mexican kind of coming together. So I feel like there's, I'm kind of connected to this region in this really spiritual type of way where I feel like the border might've shifted at some point when it was Mexico and then becoming the United States. But yeah, you know, I I have so many family members here. I have all these all this support for me being an artist and spending a long part of my career going to college and you know getting various degrees. I've always had the support system for for me to hold me up to be an artist and I feel like that's a huge part of why I was able to not have to quit making art and maybe get a job doing something else and maybe get a job I really love this city. It's it's beautiful here. You know, they say we have the most sunny days, you know, out of any really state because we're up here, you know, we're um, five miles above sea level. So we're kind of in the mountains and, you know, driving west 30, 40, 50 minutes, you're in this amazing, beautiful, monumental, giant world of mountains. And it's it's incredible. I'm not really too outdoorsy. I like to stay in the city of Denver. The city of Denver. You know, growing up here, I kind of felt like it was an island in the middle of nowhere because, you know, I, I was looking to New York and Los Angeles and Chicago for like culture. You know, Denver has its own little scene of art and its history, but it's very small compared to other cities in, in the United States. But the one thing that I think that I really love about Denver is the community and people. Everyone supports each other here. There's a lot of artist-run art spaces and galleries where they let young artists show their work. There's there's just a great support system for young creative people. And I think everyone here is really nice. They're really accepting to people and they want to help you succeed and help you see your vision, whatever that is. I love Denver as a home base, but I have to get out of here a lot. I got to travel. I got to go to New York. I got to go to LA. I got to go to Mexico City because there's just not the kind of culture here that I really, um, that inspires me. Um, I love New York, but I, I do live in Denver. My mother said that I used to just trace comic books all the time as a child. I would just redraw them and I could make these really cool drawings and I would show them to my family and they were just um, copies. Like I didn't come up with that, but I was really good at copying and tracing. And I used to draw mazes, very like repetitive lines and creating these weird intricate spaces and just kind of, you know, I wonder if my mom thought I was an odd child doing these kinds of repetitive tasks. I wonder if I wonder if I was a bottom. 
I was around 12 or 13 years old, I got into graffiti in Denver. And a lot of the kids were doing it. And I thought it was really cool because all the girls would know who you were. They would know your name. It gave you this kind of status. And so I really loved graffiti for that because I liked to get in trouble. I was a troublemaker going around and just writing on things. And I loved the notoriety that you would get from that. It was 2002 and I decided to go to college and study graphic design. Um, and I thought this would be great. You know, it's kind of a way for me to use typography and think about what I had learned as a graffiti writer, but to maybe apply it to something else to get a job. And, you know, one of the, the things I started learning about as a graffiti artist was keeping a journal or a sketchbook and, you know, keeping all of your ideas and your drawings in there. These older graffiti writers were kind of teaching me you need a book, draw every day, draw every single day in your book. You need to put something in there. And I didn't realize it at the time, but looking back, they were teaching me about color theory. They were teaching me about typography. They were teaching me about composition, about placement. And I didn't really realize it. I just kept doing graffiti and it was just something I did. But once I started going to college for graphic design, I started to realize that I had an advantage to a lot of the other students because I was doing so much graffiti for so for like six years every day. And I didn't really know really the was While getting my degree, I had to do some art history classes and I learned about Dada and it changed my life. I was so obsessed with it. Like, this is art? You can take something and like tear it up and have it be political and it felt like very punk rock to me and I was already a troublemaker. So I gravitated towards it like so much. Dada, wow, this is amazing. This is, it changed my life. Once I realized that you could upset people with art, you know, I was a graffiti writer and I was, people were chasing me and yelling at me for the art I was doing. And so when I found Dada, I thought, this translates very well. With graffiti, I'm appropriating space. I'm taking architecture and changing it. Like the train is already this thing that exists. But once I paint the whole train, it becomes something completely different. I put my mark on it. So I thought the same way with photography. When you take a photograph and you alter it, you're still keeping a lot of what is powerful about that photograph, but you're just changing it slightly. You're making people look in a different direction. You're taking away the focal point and redirecting the viewer's eyes. And with graffiti, I was able to do that. And now with art, I thought, this, this is what I want to do. I want to upset people. You know, in my, in my art classes, people hated my art. They're like, what is this collage? I spent, I spent two weeks creating this oil painting from a photograph of, you know, this landscape. And what is this? You're gluing, this took you one minute. My kid could do this. This is the worst art I've ever seen. 
So I found a different outlet, the internet. And so it was around 2006, 2007, I created a blog spot. And I would post, I would make all these collages that I was kind of doing in school, but um, I, I never got really good grades in college, but I just started making my own work um, during that whole time. I just started posting all these collages on the internet and I started to get this huge response. And then I moved from Blogspot over to Flickr and this is where things really started to happen. I was just meeting so many other people that were making these types of collages and there was a whole community of people. Um, I think one of the first people that really reached out to me and gave me an opportunity was James Gallagher. And I, I owe a lot to him because I think it was at the very early point in my career. And he asked me to give him some collages for a book that he was producing from Gestalten. And when I brought that book in to show my teachers that I was published in a book from Europe about collage, and I was in there in my name, and it just changed everything. And so this weird thing happened of where I was doing all this stuff outside of Denver in in a group show here, in a group show there, different countries. And no one in Denver knew who I was. It was just through the internet. And so it was a really strange way to come into collage and to come into art. So that's kind of the story of how it began. And so and this weird thing's weird thing happened. And this weird thing's weird thing happened. And this weird thing's weird thing happened. And so this weird thing's weird thing happened. What I try to do in my collage work is to make the familiar unfamiliar. To take something recognizable, alter it slightly, and then represent it to an audience. What I hope to do is raise more questions than provide answers. I think that media has an inherent psychology that's attached to it. And so when you start to play with that and you start to shift it and you start to skew it, a very surreal quality starts to happen, very dreamlike. Um, you know, because within our dreams and within memories, they're a little blurry. They don't make sense. They don't, you know, you don't remember them exactly. You know, and when using portraiture, covering different parts of the face, I, I think what I try to do is take away the gaze from the viewer to the person being photographed. And once you start to take away the focal point, the viewer has to look for a different way to make sense of what they're looking at. Um, so that interruption is something that's very interesting for me. The everyday are the things that you see in bookshops, the things you see on the street, stuff you find on the internet. I define the everyday as just those pieces of debris that we come across through our normal travels. And so taking the everyday and in some kind of alchemical process, transforming that into something else, turning coal into gold, turning water into wine, turning blue into red, 
I think it's this process of transformation that's really interesting to me. time writing artist statements. And so what I've actually done is I've gone to all the artists that I love and I've taken words from theirs and I make, it's almost like a collage, but using text, pulling something from here, pulling something from there. Like, oh, John Baldessari, I'll look in his book and I'll read about it. And I pull three words from there. I pull three words from John Stesiker. I put them together. I make a sentence. I've been writing like that a lot and I'm not sure that's the most I haven't gotten anyone's found out. They haven't caught me yet. But I think it might come someday. Now that I'm admitting it, maybe it'll come sooner than I think. Maybe it'll come sooner than I think. But, you know, there's something about, I, I like collage as a method and as a process for a lot of different tasks, like writing. You know, when you're writing, you're taking all these words that exist and you're just putting them into an order. So I think, you know, collage as a method and as a process can be applied to anything, especially writing, in my opinion. But then if you start to think about writing as a collage, and you know, you know how to make a collage. If you think about that with text, maybe there's another entry point into writing about your work or an artist statement. So that's kind of what I've been trying to figure out recently is how to improve on my writing. Um, but I'm, I'm still trying to figure out my voice when it comes to writing. And I think it's something, um, since I'm such a visual person, it's going to take some time to really um, figure that out. But I think I'm getting close. Um, when making a collage, a big part of the process is procrastination. Putting it off, waiting, looking at the material, letting it build up. I start to feel anxious. What am I going to do with all these books and papers? I've amassed piles of books ready to fall over and end my life. So I have to cut them up. I have to go through this stuff. I have to process it. I need to take it apart, put it back together take it back apart, rebuilding. It's kind of this process of the deconstruction and reconstruction of material. And, you know, I've, I've been doing the 2D collages for quite a while and I kind of have this weird love-hate relationship with the word collage. It, it, maybe it was like five years ago, I, I thought I'm never doing a collage again or I'm not calling myself a collage artist. I want to do more than that. I, I'm, I want to... I'm, I'm going to be a painter and I'm just going to paint. And I was gluing photographs to a canvas and painting over them, make a collage and then paint it black. And my process and methods have changed a lot over the last 10 to 15 years on how I approach a project. I'm really trying to expand the idea of what a collage is, but I kind of 
want to, for myself, explore all the different ways of creation that can happen when you think about collage as a process. So whether it's painting or sculpture, film, photography, there's a lot of ways that I've been, that I think collage can be a very powerful process in the creation of an artwork. When it comes down to it, it's a lot about looking, looking for something. And a lot of times I don't find material, the material finds me. And I like that. It's like, it, it just connects. There's something you feel in your gut and you find something. It's a photograph or it's a book and there it is. And it's just like, take me. And so you you take that and it, it just, you know, you sit with it, you spend some time with it. And then you, there's like one time, well, there's like a time in the day you just find that material, you open it up and you start to cut it up and something happens, something magic, something magical happens. All of a sudden there's this story and this image and this composition. Colors are talking to each other. There's something there and it's very unexpected for me. My collages are never planned out. They're kind of all over the place. And I think it's, I have this kind of bipolar creativity where one day I'm making something that looks like this, the next day it's completely different. I can't decide on what it is. It's just all over the place. And I used to think that was maybe something I needed to work on to be more specific about what I was doing. But now as I'm getting older, I'm really embracing that. I think it's actually an interesting way to work, to be kind of all over the place. To me, collage can be anything. Collage is everything. And it's a process that you apply to whatever medium you're working in. Um, when I was in college, we were recording experimental music. And music has always been something I've, I've always wanted to be a musician, but I don't know how to play any instruments. So thinking about making field recordings, layering those recordings together, you know, using a timeline to chop up different parts and rearrange them. Music is incredible. Um, but I, I love music so much. I, I feel like it can reach people in a totally different way than visual art can. It's something that you hear and you feel it. It has such a, such a different meaning. My, the history of my work is very two-dimensional, but in the last year or two, I've really been interested in working with metal. So I have a friend who's a welder and he lets me come over to his shop and I get to pick out all these leftover pieces of metal that he, they're scraps from other projects. Uh, he, and he does a lot of these really large public murals that are huge. And so there's these weird pieces of cut off metal and we started to, to think that, wow, this is, this is just like a collage. We're, we're taking these scraps 
and we're putting them together to make this new thing and it's it's just leftovers. And a lot of my collage work is is just that. It's the leftovers of what people have left behind. And so working with metal, I'm really trying to approach it in in that way where all the material is coming from scrap yards or from the leftovers of other projects. And that's a whole nother problem is where do you store all these big sculptures? Once they start to weigh 70, 80 pounds, they're hard to move. I mean, it's a whole nother world sculpture. But it's something I'm really interested in and I'm really trying to apply the same shapes and motifs that I use when cutting paper to make the sculptures. And that's what's been really fascinating is to, to take a shape that I've been using for 10 years and to turn it into a piece of metal um, is really blew my mind on, you know, how that feels. Because collage has this, you know, connotation of being crafty, like children do it and old people do it. And it's like, it's craft, it's not art. But once you start to take those pieces and you turn them into metal, I mean, it's heavy. And it's like, if you drop this on your foot, you're going to lose a toe. And that's the kind of collage I want to make. Heavy metal. That's the a couple years ago, I started a collaboration with another artist here in Denver. Her name is Amber Cobb. And she's a teacher, an educator, an artist, an amazing thinker, very conceptual. And she's been a big inspiration to me um, over, over the last couple years. So much so that we decided to start this collaboration called Hardly Soft. Hardly Soft allowed us to break away from what we were both doing in our own practice and to come together to create something new. Um, taking her skills of like sculpture and scale and my skills of collage and appropriation and photography and design and putting them together to create this new monster, this new way of working that neither of us had really done before. I do a lot of this geometric graphic collage that has these hard edges and a lot of Amber's work is very soft and silicone and not overly feminine, but um, kind of grotesque, but in, in a feminine kind of way. Um, so we came together with um, two different practices to come together, the hard and the soft, the rough and the smooth. And it was this contrast that we were trying to bring together. We, we just had a show at a gallery called Pirate Contemporary Art here in Denver. Um, and in a way, it was this weird curation of a surreal domestic space where all of these objects that are special to us came together and were placed in close proximity to each other. Um, and so working with Amber has been really beneficial, I think, for the development of, of my career. We love Hardly Soft as a project because there's no rules. There's no one telling us what to do. 
whatever we want to do with this project, we can do. We don't have to answer to anyone. And that's very liberating um, with Hardly Soft. We can do whatever the fuck we want to do. New Collection is a project that was started in 2020 with a friend of mine, Nicholas Pardon. New Collection is a collection of contemporary art. And what we're trying to do is be different than most collections. We want to really embrace the artist by commissioning them to do special projects. We want to have pop-up shows. And we're interested in finding emerging artists to support we want to have um, young voices in this collection. Um, there's a lot of ways to define the word new. For, uh, you know, it could be fresh. It could be um, something very young in conception. So what we want to do is we want to marry the emerging artists with the established artists and try to create some common level there. Other ways we're trying to be different than a lot of other collections out there is that we have a whole editorial side to what we're doing. We want to do artist interviews, we're writing essays, we're reviewing shows where collage, you know, maybe isn't at the forefront of the show, but maybe it's a, a way conceptually that the artist thinks about the show. So it doesn't have to be a show of collage. It's, it's more a conceptual idea of like mixed media, I believe. It's a new collection, so we're still figuring out how to define it. And, um, you know, our values that we've come up with for the collection are embrace, provoke, and play. And so through those values, I think, is what we're trying to build everything on. Um, we want to embrace the artists. We want to support them. We want to um, collect their work. We want to play. We want to have fun, thoughtful projects um, for artists to engage with and for the art community to engage with. And we want to provoke. We want to be provocateurs. We want to ask provocative questions that make people think. Brace, Brace provoke, provoke, and play. And play. Brace, provoke, and play. I think that for me, collage really is anything that you can get away with. This episode was produced, edited, and subsequent with blood, sweat, and tears by myself, Maximo Tuja, a.k.a. Maximarek. And this time was mixed by Adriana Barro. Please support this project by sharing it on your social networks, commenting on it and rating it when possible on streaming platforms. Thank you for hanging in there and see you soon. Bye-bye. Find more at theweirdshow.info.